There's an important lesson we can learn from Yaakov Avinu's letter. We all know of the dream Yaakov had. And Yaakov saw a ladder stretching from the ground up to Shemaim. And Yaakov saw Malachim climbing the ladder. Now, that itself is a lot to learn from. But Chazal add more detail. And they tell us exactly where the ladder was located. And they say the feet of the ladder were rooted in Beersheba. The midpoint of the ladder crossed over Yerushalayim. And the high point of the ladder was in Basel. And I always wondered what the significance of that is. If anything, I would have thought Yerushalayim should be the high point. That's the place which is Mechovan, which is directly opposite the Shemaim. So why would the ladder cross over Yerushalayim and end in Basel? What's the significance of Basel? Well, you have a ladder which ends just randomly in the middle of nowhere. I never understood it. I never saw anybody explain it either. But I came to a certain, maybe, new understanding of the ladder what it's meant to represent. And with that I understood also the importance of what Chazal are telling us about the location geographically of where the ladder was. Because we could really ask a more basic question. What was Hashem showing Yaakov? You're showing him a ladder and you're showing him the future empires represented by Malachim who are climbing the ladder. You're showing him various angels who are making their way back to Shemaim. These all things are brought in Chazal. But why was that a message for Yaakov of Vino now? At this stage of his life, when Yaakov has left the base of Joshua Shemaim and is on his way to the house of Lavan, why was it important now for Yaakov to see this vision? What was the message that Yaakov as a person, as an individual, was meant to take out of the vision, out of the nevo he was given? And I came to understanding, which really is a very, very important principle for us, for ourselves and in Chinuch. And that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu was showing Yaakov the root map for himself. And what do I mean by that? If HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to give Yaakov the chizuk, give Yaakov the, the encouragement, so of course, after the Shem tells him, Yaakov, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to. Be, I'm here to protect you. But there's more than that. If Hashem says, Yaakov, Yaakov, I have a vision for you. I have a plan for what I want you to become. And therefore, of course, I'm going to ensure your protection. And I'm going to help you because I want you to achieve that vision. I want you to reach the ultimate goal that I have in place for you. Then for Yaakov, that would be a tremendous, so to speak, encouragement. Not just that Hashem is here to protect you, but much more than that. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is helping you get to the point you want you to get to. And that was the vision of the ladder. The idea of the ladder was this is the message for Yaakov himself. And I said in these words, which is really what the Zara says, Yaakov, you are the ladder. You are the ladder, 
Your job is to reach from the Aris to the Shemayim. That's a growth path in store for you. And therefore, you're not yet done. You haven't yet reached that high point you meant to reach. And therefore, of course, HaKadosh Baruch is going to be there because it's going to help you achieve the goal that is planned for you. The end point, the tachlis, which he has in mind. Now with that, we understand very well what Chazal was saying. Because if the ladder was, the, so to speak, describing to Yaakov, his journey, where he's come from, his journey where he's going to, and everything puts perfectly into place. The ladder was written in Beersheba. Because, Ayetzi Yaakov in Beersheba. Yaakov began his growth. He began his path in Beersheba. That's where Abraham built the Beersheba. That's where Yitzchak was living. That's where Yaakov grew up. And yes, the beginning of Yaakov's journey was in Beersheba. That's where the legs of the ladder are situated. And Yaakov has spent his life, Yeshiva Holim, learning, so to speak, closest in the best Medrash. And now, Yaakov's reached a midpoint, a changing point in his life. For the previous 77 years, he's been devoted to developing his own Torah, his own, his own, his own level. And now Yaakov Avinu is looking towards getting married, having children, building a family of Kali Yisrael. That's the midpoint of Yaakov's life. And to do that, Yaakov decides he needs to go to Yerushalayim, and he goes to Daven there. And that's why the middle point of the ladder crosses Yerushalayim. Where Yaakov is right now, at this junction in his life, he's now sleeping in the, in the higher base. He's now in the place of Yerushalayim. And he's being shown that's the middle of your ladder. And what's the end of the ladder? When does Yaakov reach his highest level? It only happens later. After withstanding all the tests and tribulations in the house of Laban, after building the family of Chai Yisrael, after overcoming the attack of Esav, so Yaakov comes back to Israel, and Hashem changes his name from Yaakov to Yisrael. That was Yaakov, so to speak, and his greatness. And where did that take place? It's clear in the Pasuk. Hashem says to Yaakov, Yaakov Aram, Go to Basil, stay there. And that's where this took place. That was the revelation that Kodesh Baruch gave him in Basil. That was the height of the ladder. The peak of Yaakov's achievement. And therefore the ladder was assigned to Yaakov. This is the root map for you. This is the growth that you're going to go through, and this is the place you're going to reach. There's more to say about that. But I have one more question, and that which brings me to the topic I want to talk about today. And that is, why does it have to be a ladder? If you want to show somebody a path, so you can show them other ways as well. Except the idea of the ladder is, this is the path to Shemaim. It begins in the Aretz, it ends in Shemaim. That's obvious. And then the question is, why wasn't the vision Yaakov saw of himself climbing the ladder? If there's a path laid out for Yaakov, there's a ladder which reaches to the Shemaim, a 
and Yaakov is meant to climb all the rungs of that ladder, then the vision should have been the ladder and Yaakov climbing the ladder. And we don't find that. On the contrary, we find the Malachim climbing the ladder. Where was Yaakov? And the answer to that, and this is the point I want to focus on, is Yaakov wasn't climbing the ladder. Yaakov was the, the ladder itself. And that was particularly the focus of the Nevoah that he was shown. Not just the, the journey he was going to travel and the place he was going to reach, but the way he was going to get there. And that was shown to him by showing him, Yaakov, you are a ladder. You're not climbing a ladder. What's the difference? There's a very, very big difference between climbing a ladder and being a ladder. And the message to Yaakov wasn't just you're going to arrive at Basel. You're going to reach the top. The message to Yaakov was you're going to be a ladder, not somebody who climbs a ladder. And you have to explain what's the difference between those two concepts. So the answer is, the Yosef spoke about once before, the difference between the ladder and the person who's climbing the ladder. The person who's climbing a ladder may be at a higher place than he was before. He's climbed more rungs, he's now standing higher up. He might be higher, but he isn't bigger. He's the same person. Just instead of standing on the ground and reaching a certain height, a meter, two meters off the ground, he's now standing five meters above the ground and reaching a meter or two meters above that. The second difference is that a person climbing a ladder, the higher he climbs, the more dangerous it's going to be if he falls. And the risk is there, because he's only safe as much as he's clinging onto the ladder. The ladder itself, the higher the ladder is, means the longer the ladder is. It's always starting on the ground. So if it's going higher, it means it's extended, it's become a longer ladder. Secondly, being at the still rooted on the ground, it's not going to fall. Just like we understand, a little child who's half a meter above the ground is not so likely to fall because he's balanced. He's had his feet on the ground. The adult who's triple, quadruple his size isn't more likely to fall because he's that much higher. He's also balanced firmly on the ground. And same thing, a person who's like a ladder isn't going to fall. A person who's holding on to the ladder, so he isn't on the ground at all. It's just he's holding on to the ladder which is on the ground and if he falls off then the higher he climbs the more dangerous that fall is going to be. And the third difference is that a person climbing the ladder can only climb as high as the ladder is. He needs something to climb on. And when he reaches the top rung and there's nowhere else for him to climb so then it's where we can stop. That's where he's prevented from going further. Whereas if you have a ladder which is extending, it's not extending off, off something else. It's its own, it's its own, growing on its own, and there's no limit there how much it can grow. 
And that's how Yaakov was being told. Was he wasn't just being shown the growth path he was going to take. He was going to he was shown how he was going to grow. He wasn't going to grow as somebody climbing a ladder. That there's an existing structure on which he's climbing. Because if that's the case, Yaakov might be climbing higher, but he isn't becoming greater. He's just standing on a higher rung. There's also more of a risk of him falling. And lastly, he's limited to the ladder he's climbing on. That was what Yaakov was shown about those malachim who were climbing the ladder. Those malachim who, based on various chazals, were representing the Ummah Sa'ilam, they might become great, but they never are great. They've risen to a great height. And because of that, they can fall. And how high they rose is how much the fall is going to be destructive. Whereas Yaakov isn't climbing a ladder. Yaakov is growing like a ladder. And if that's the case, the higher Yaakov grows, the greater Yaakov becomes. And uh, there's no chashash, there's no danger that a longer ladder is going to fall. It's rooted on the ground. And lastly, the growth is limitless. Because it's not based on the ladder from which one needs to climb. Yaakov is the ladder himself. What does this refer to? Of course, it gives us a new understanding of Yaakov and his ladder. The dream he was being shown. But it's a lesson in Chinuch. Especially a lesson of the way to help somebody else grow. Because there may be a stage when someone's beginning, we need to provide the ladder on which they're going to grow. But, if we want somebody to become great, then it's not enough just to provide them a ladder to climb rungs. They can get elevated from one rung to the next. We can create a education system which each year pushes a person, pushes a child to a higher rung. And they can continue to do that. For a boy, he goes to Chayda, he goes to Talmud Torah, and naturally he gets pushed rung after rung. So he's now at a place higher than he was before. Because the system has elevated him rung by rung. That doesn't make him a greater person. It just pushes him to a higher rung. And if the Chinuch system is just there to provide the frame on which people can climb, so then people will climb as much as you push them to climb, but they're limited, number one, by the system. Because they need the framework on, the, on which they're going to climb. Number two, they aren't becoming greater. They've just been pushed, they've just gotten old and gotten to a higher stage, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're greater. They're just standing on a higher rung. And number three, the possibility of them falling becomes more dangerous, more disastrous with every rung they climb. And that's why the Yisrael of Chinuch isn't just to create the framework on which people can climb. When I talk about this, I start with a statement from the Chaznish. 
The statement which sounds very surprising, especially taking into account that the Chazanesh was given the title, the Avi Hayyashivas. He was the patron, he was the one who looked after and supported and encouraged all the Yeshivas of Eretz Yisrael. And the Chazanesh is reputed to have said that Yeshivas don't, cre- don't create Gudayim. And that's a surprising thing to say. So what are Yeshivas trying to create? Why don't they create Gudayim? Now, there's more than one way to explain the statement, but in that what we said over here, there's a very important principle, and that is a yeshiva provides a system. It provides an educational framework. But an educational framework can never create a godal, because an educational framework is a ladder. And you're providing an ability for people to climb the ladder. But that doesn't create a godal. A godal isn't created by people climbing a ladder. It can make a person climb to a higher rung. It can provide him a framework of where he's going to get to, but that's not godless. It doesn't make a greater person. What's needed for godless, what's needed to make somebody greater, is that they become a ladder themselves. They grow and they grow on their own. And if that's the case, they're not reliant on the ladder. And therefore you can't make a framework for a godless. Because the first and the most important ingredient in Godless is that a person isn't basing himself on a framework. He's growing independently. He's growing as a ladder and he's not climbing a ladder. And what makes for that? Number one. Maybe this is the most important point. To put it first. Number one, the fact that a person is independently motivated to grow. Not because it's filling into a system, not because he's pushed to do it because that's what the system requires or because that's the tests that he has to take or the, the level that he has to reach to pass. That's creating a system and it's making a person dependent on the system. And even if the system is to no shas in Shulchan Aruch, it's still not going to create godless. It's just going to create a person who knows a lot, which is in itself a big matter, but it's not the same thing. Godless has to come from number one, the person's personal motivation, that I want to grow not based on the system. The person's personal motivation that I want to excel without a framework which I'm relying on to show me how to do it. And if that's the case, what's the point of the framework? It's to provide a person tools, to provide direction, to provide people who are knowledgeable and can give a person advice and answers to questions. But the Rotson to grow and the drive to become great comes from within. And it's not for nothing that this is what godless really means. When the Gemara of Matthias talks about who's a godl, who's considered somebody who's big, the Gemara says it could be an adult, it's still called a cotton, it's still called small. And it could be a child, it's still is already called big. Why? In the words of the Gemara, a godl aviv is a cotton. Even somebody older, but if he's reliant on his father, then he's still called a cotton. And a child who's reliant on himself is called a cotton. Which means the sign of godless is how much a person is relying on himself and how much they need a framework to rely on. A person who's climbing a ladder, however high he is, he's a cotton. Because he needs the ladder. 
And needing the ladder means I can't climb without that ladder. And if there's no rung for me to climb to, that's where I stop. And a person who's a goddle is a person who's growing. Not just climbing, but who's growing. And therefore, the higher they reach, is the bigger they become. And then there's, not, there's no ladder for them to climb on. They're growing on their own right. Now, that doesn't mean to negate the importance of direction, of Masaira, of somebody to train somebody and show them how to become great. Of course that's important. Not only that, that's the earliest that there is in the yeshiva system. It's a system where a person who begins is exposed to people who are older than him, more experienced than him, greater than him, who can teach him, who can answer his questions, who can direct him. But it's not that the yeshiva is there to provide the motivation. The yeshiva is there to show the person who's motivated how to grow. The amount the person's going to grow is really an internal process. And the more it's important to a person on their own to become great, that's the best guarantee of Godless. That's the best guarantee of Godless. The more a person needs the system to push them, to encourage them, to, sh- to pull them step by step, they might go through the system. They might even be successful in the system. They're, not, they're missing the first ingredient of Godless. And that first ingredient is the person who wants to grow on his own. Without being, so to speak, made to grow. Without being made to grow, they have that internal rotsin to grow. And that's what's going to define their growth. You know, there's a chazal that says that you have no asif, isn't a single grass. that doesn't have a malach in shemaim, who's mako asif, that hits him and tells him to grow. Does that mean that every piece of grass which has grown, has been told by the malach, gadal, grow, and he has grown. Does that make each piece of grass great? And the answer is no. Grass is actually very not great. It's a very lowly plant. But it's, 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 why? It's grown, but it was forced to grow. It didn't grow because it wanted to. It needed the malach to push it. That's a sign of a lack of godless. And the same thing. The student, even if they pulled through the entire educational system, the nicer that doesn't make them greater. They might have reached the top rung of the school, the last stage of the process, so they're standing in a higher place. It doesn't make them greater. And there's a more of a risk of them falling. It's rather the person who has the self-motivation and they grow. And each level, it's not that they're climbing a higher rung, each level is a level that they've achieved on their own. And on their own means it's because they want to be there and they've worked to be there, and not because they're pushed to be there, or because that's what's required of them to be there, then they've grown to that level. And a person who's grown is more is less likely to fall. A person who's grown is more secure where they are because this is something which they've gotten to on their own. But that's the last point also. And that is, any system, however good the system is going to be, there's a limit to how far it can go. And if a person's relying on the system to promote them, so then they're going to get stuck when they reach their final run. Whereas the person who's motivated to grow on their own, there isn't a limit. They can grow forever. And that's a sign of real godless. The sign of real godless is that it's a never-ending growth process. And if that's the case, as Mechanchim, what's our job? We're talking about Talmudim. Even young Talmudim. And the answer is, our job is to provide them the tools so that they should grow. That they should want to become great. That they should have a personal aspiration to be matzliach. That the system we're giving them is just the tools to enable them 
to develop their own ratzen, their own their own cheshek, their own abilities. And if that's the case, then their ability to grow is goes beyond what any moisad or any chinuch system can offer, because they aren't reliant on the ladder to climb. They're building their own one. And if one does that, one creates that motivation, one creates that ability within somebody to learn. Then the results and the rewards far, far exceed however much you could teach. If you could teach a person, you could teach him the whole shas, and he knows it all. But it doesn't become close to teaching a person how to learn, because then he's not limited to what you can teach him. Then he can learn on his own. And he can learn much more. And he can learn much deeper. If you give a person the tools to want to achieve greatness, so then there is, a, of course, the work which a person has to do on their own, but that will transcend anything which we can give him as a system. I'll finish with one amazing, amazing expression of Rabbi Kivega. It's something which and Rabbi Kiva Ege asked the question, who decides who's going to be the godl of the next generation? Who makes that decision? Who decides who's going to be the godl of the next generation? Rabbi Kiva Ege's answer, a 13-year-old boy. A 13-year-old boy decides who's going to be the godl of the next generation. Why? Because it's the 13-year-old boy who now dedicates himself that I want to become great. That's a decision which will push him eventually until he becomes that God. A person can't start too late. And therefore, it's the decision of a Bamitsa boy which is going to decide regardless of the next door. That's the aside. If you're talking to Bamitsa boys, if you're talking to younger Palmedian, you always bear in mind that if we do the job of creating the infrastructure that allows people to begin to grow. So then we're creating the option of any one of them to determine who's going to be the godl of the next generation.